Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. How you doing? It's Scott Brady and Evan Kahn, and we're here with you for Sports Talk. First hour of the program with us, second hour with the News Gazette sports writers. We talk Illini, we talk other teams and other things as well. It's Sports Talk. We're glad you're here with us, and you can join the program if you have anything to contribute on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217 351 5357. You can also call us. 217-356-9397. 12 days to the opener of college football that includes Illinois when they take on the Wyoming Cowboys. Illinois football into its third week of training camp had a scrimmage today. We'll hear some of what Brett Bielma, the head coach, had to say about their second and final scrimmage. And we've got other items to get to, plenty over the weekend to process from the world of baseball, some items to Illini-related as it pertains to volleyball and soccer, which is also coming up on the beginnings of their season. Good to see you, Evan. How are you? Hello. I'm well. Final week of summer here for us, and uh, looking forward to it. Yep. School's starting soon for like everybody. Everybody that does that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Going to ship the kids off starting on Thursday down down the street, essentially, to fourth and first grade. So uh, they're they're getting in their final days of not having to get up. Mm. That's a hard transition for at least one member of the household, and it will be a very dreadful morning. Although, I don't know. She may spring out of bed because it's the first day of school excitement mm. kind of stuff. Is that easier than the getting them to bed part? Uh, I was always a night owl. I never wanted to go to bed. Uh, I didn't mind waking up. One child is a morning child, and one child is a night child, so mm. that child will... Got to have, got to have the balance in the household. Yeah, so. it really shortens the time you have together <laughs> with the children sleeping. <laughs> but that's, I guess, it will make it all the sweeter when you know we finally send them off into the real world. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. What do we got going today? Well, a um, couple of items uh, just to uh, start here with a mention: Illinois volleyball in the top twenty-five preseason poll that came out today. They are ranked number seventeen. And that is the sixth best ranking in the Big Ten. The Illini will play eight other opponents this year that are in that top 25, including two non-conference matches with Washington and Georgia Tech. Nebraska is at the top of that poll. Wisconsin third, Minnesota fifth, Ohio State seventh, Purdue 13th, Penn State is 20th among the Big Ten teams. And the AP Top 25 poll out for college football. In a shocking development, Alabama is predicted at number one. 
You got Ohio State and Georgia in there as well, and then Clemson and Notre Dame for your top five. In addition to Ohio State, Michigan and Wisconsin and Michigan State all make appearances in the top 25 for the Big Ten. There you go. As you may recall, Michigan last year was not in the top 25 to start things out. They ended up number three in the country and in the (laughs) college football playoffs. So don't despair too much if your favorite team isn't in there. I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but forever and ever they would put USC in the top 25 and they would never finish there. And same with Texas. I think Texas actually went unranked this year in the preseason poll for the first time in forever. But, yeah, this is all guesswork and assumption that players progress naturally and or or as you would expect from year to year and that doesn't always happen guys get hurt guys transfer mid-season you just never really know but sounds like the big dogs are still the big dogs rosters turnover as well a nice weekend baseball wise for the cardinals and Albert Pujols in particular, the White Sox did what they needed to do in sweeping Detroit. By the way, I got to go to that game on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable experience, thanks to uh, the White Sox radio network for inviting us to attend. Impressive dessert cart. It was my first time ever, and maybe my only time uh, ever, getting to be in a suite. <laughs> um, and and uh, an impressive spread. I recommend it especially if someone else is picking up the tab <laughs> and the parking. But I had a big old scoop of cookie dough. It wasn't just those little bits they put in the ice cream. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. No, no. I mean, th- there was actually a bowl of it, and you ch- took an ice cream scoop of that and an ice cream scoop of vanilla, and we put some syrup on it. And uh, It was I a mean, treat yourself Saturday, <laughs> huh? It was, it was a cheat day, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the White Sox tonight against Houston, and at 6.30 is pregame with Len and DJ. We got to stop by and see them in their booth as well. And our man Gene Honda, the public address announcer mm-hmm. for the White Sox, in a voice here on DWS, also got to tour through his booth. They really have a nice view. Maybe a little bit of an underrated ballpark. I'm not going to put it up there in your Wrigley PNC in Pittsburgh or uh, whatever they call it, Oracle now out in San Francisco. and um, But... But not a bad little setting there. So, um, especially because it was built right before the the renaissance the of new, retro parks, like the yeah. Camden Yards, and then all that other stuff, other stuff that came through. You know, all the ballparks since have been pretty good. Yeah, they just just missed that, and that was a, a last ditch effort just to keep them in yeah. Chicago. So not in he, Florida. So. Reinsdorf got his triple decker that is now reduced in capacity of what it was and yeah good best weekend for the White Sox in a while I think it was their first sweep in like six weeks the first time they've been three games over since like 10 games into the year when they were six and three so those and, are and missing two key bats Tim Anderson and Luis Roberts so yeah figure. so so those are, are positives uh, the bad news is it's against the lowly Tigers um, booing Javi Baez just makes him even better, which, you, you know, you just love to see it. And now they get the Astros who have, you know, given 
them all they can handle for the last season and a half. I think they played already this year down in Houston, and it was a three-game sweep, or they lost two of three. So now they've got the, the four-game set at home and, and still don't have those guys in the lineup, but hopefully uh, Giolito keeps it going. Who do they got tonight? Cueto, the ace, Johnny Cueto <laughs> going tonight. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see what the bullpen get, can do to, to back them up. But even, even Steve Stone, who's been no panic all year said this is a a big series the White Sox gotta split you would think if not take three of four to to really give you some confidence going into the last six weeks because the other two teams specifically the Guardians have been playing better but the Twins still have a a two-game edge on the White Sox so if you can do it against the Astros you can do it against anybody because they've got the best record in baseball I think going into tonight uh yeah and I you know not just because of the best record, but they're playing pretty good baseball right now, and mm-hmm. maybe your favorite to win the pennant. Um, not just by again, not just by wins and losses, but because the Yankees have, for whatever reason, <laughs> taken a nosedive. They lost Joey Gallo. You get rid of Joey Gallo. <laughs> that was the sauce. They, I think it's one in seven since they traded him. So that that was the missing ingredient. Who knew that hitting 150 got you to first place in the American League? But the Astros are, are top to bottom. They've got seven starters that they can throw out there as well as a, a deep enough bullpen. And their lineup has just produced talent for the last 10 years now, it seems like, going back to when they went through the first rebuild. So we'll see what the White Sox can do. Cardinals remain in first place after uh, taking two of three from the Brewers. The Brewers really just uninspiring at this point. I never really thought their lineup was much of anything and really continue to think that. And the Cubs win another series. Ian Happ continues to hit home runs in in Cincinnati, and it is what it is for for the Cubs. I, I didn't look to see they're playing the Nationals tonight and Word was that the top prospect in return for the Juan Soto deal was supposed to be called up today. So we'll see if C.J. Abrams is in the lineup. Over the weekend, the Kansas City Royals played the L.A. Dodgers. It was a loss for them, but former Illini Michael Massey got his first triple. So he's got a double and a triple now as a major leaguer and just missing that home run for him. The Texas Rangers today fired their manager, Mm -hmm. Chris Woodward, because I guess it's his fault. Whatever. Um, It's long overdue. Yep. Uh, Big Ten soccer will start uh, this week. Illinois will open up on Thursday against Illinois State. And today the preseason honors were handed out for the Big Ten Conference. Illinois getting honors for redshirt seniors Ashley Cathro and Eileen Murphy, and as well as Kendra Pasquale, who is from... Naperville. Thank you. <laughs> so they are all on the preseason players to watch list. Unfortunately for Illinois soccer, though, they are picked to finish 14th in the conference. Mm. Bulletin boom material. There you go. Nobody believed in us. <laughs> that's that's something there, I guess. You, I don't know if you want that on your bulletin board, but no. whatever you need. Okay, it was uh, Monday. Today was practice number two. For Illinois football, nope, not practice number two, Scott. Scrimmage number two, offense against defense. Don't know who the winners were. We're all winners in a scrimmage, I guess. Here's Brett Bielma's thoughts on how they performed. Kind of like last week, just very excited to come out of it pretty healthy. Uh, Had some guys a little bit here and there with some soft tissue, but nothing of significance, nothing um, that should take away from uh, our prep uh, for Wyoming. So uh, I thought offensively, uh, again, really – 
uh, Tommy, Art, uh, even RJ got in there and did some stuff. Uh, we really tried to put them in all distance and all situations today. We did a lot of move the ball, just let them play football, um, watch them move up and down the field. Uh, saw some defensive buys make plays. Um, Quan, who in my opinion has had a really, really special spring and fall, uh, made a couple of really nice plays today. At halftime, we did pull some of our guys out offensively. We pulled out Palcho uh, after the first couple series, uh, pulled out uh, Sydney and Chase Brown, um, uh, pulled Tommy out eventually, um, pulled uh, on defense Johnny uh, Newton and Quan and Spoon, just some guys after they played a lot of really good football for us. So it was fun to see some of those younger guys get out there and move it around and, and mix it up. And then we also involved the kicking game. Caleb Griffin by far hit the ball as good as he's hit it uh, all fall uh, today. And I think he's 100% on all of his field goal attempts were really good. And he was really, he was really knocking it uh, pretty good in the punt game as well. So excited for those guys. When you've seen guys in the past have really good camps, when you talk about that, have you seen that usually translate into really good seasons? Especially kind of like those seniors, right, that have always been. Quan's a really good player, um, and i just seen him take another jump this year that uh, has been fun to watch. Uh, I think he stands out especially. I think Spoon's really played well. Um, just really, Spoon said something the other day. He made a nice play, broke on a ball, and, and all the offensive guys thought he was stealing a signal that he knew the play was coming. I go, why did you know that was coming? And he said, I saw the formation of the boundary. I knew what I was getting to the field. And, it just shows he's thinking like a football player. Um, well, really, at the linebacker spot, C.J. Hart, uh, Tariq Barnes, and, and um, uh, Dark Angelo, those three guys are really kind of like three starting middle, uh, inside linebackers that are really playing at a high level. Um, but, yeah, those camp indicators usually are good indicators. How much improvement did you see today from last scrimmage? You know, I thought, uh, you know, last week we had a little bit of weather, so uh, but there wasn't really overly uh, big ball security issues, and today was really good. I thought we caught the ball pretty well. I uh, really can't, I can't, I don't think we had a drop. Um, uh, and then in the kicking game, we caught the ball fairly well uh, in the punt returns, kick returns. So I, I thought ball security overall is good. We've really been preaching to our guys right before you learn how to win games, you have to stop from losing. Um, there were still a lot of things out there we can correct off film, but for the most part, it's pretty clean. All right, there's Brett Bielma's thoughts. I don't think this is a guy selling you anything. I think this is a natural time for optimism, and I hear some of that. But I don't hear somebody ready to overpromise and underdeliver. Nor do I fear hear somebody that is, uh, I don't know, dreading what's coming. I think <laughs> this guy is pretty genuine, and now he's breaking things down. I'm very curious. We said to David Witherspoon read the formation and the and the boundary and kind of anticipated what was coming. I thought the whole goal was to not clue the defense in, but yet at the same time, like to use a baseball analogy, two zero count you probably are getting a fastball, mm -hmm. right? So there's times when you can kind of anticipate. You put a couple extra receivers on. Yeah, they might be passing the ball yeah, empty here. Empty backfield. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. just kind of put two and two together, and it equals four, and you don't really question it because yeah. that, that's the way it comes out. But, yeah, he, he's similar to, to Lauren Tate's column yesterday in the News Gazette. He's not going to tell you exactly how many wins he thinks the line are going to have because he, he doesn't have a crystal ball and you've got to play the games. But as far as implementing a, a system and, and, you know, the the little things that he's saying – limiting the, the penalties and just knowing where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. I, I imagine he feels better here in year, year two than he did in year one. More time with the guys, uh, especially in the weight room, guys probably looking more like he wants them to, to look uh, coming into the, the season and keeping guys healthy. And then you just kind of line up and, and you play the game starting next Saturday and, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, 
Talent-wise, it's hard to argue that there's much of a a step down from last year, although there was a a lot of experienced guys. Um, There there were three draft picks, probably three draft picks on this roster right now. I don't know exactly who those guys are, but just by sheer odds of, of how Illinois football has been, it's probably the same. You know, questions at, at the quarterback position, you've got a running game. Defense, you can probably count on to, to be pretty good, and, you know, how the ball falls will, will decide how good Illinois is. Yeah, I don't know if this defense is going to keep you under 20 points uh, every game, but I also don't think this is a defense that's given up 40 every game, so we'll see. Most of the times... Most of the time, I expect this defense to keep it somewhat manageable if the offense can figure out how to go up another gear. And they don't have to be all world, but if they go up another gear and execute that grind-it-out type football that Bielma likes to play, and as he preaches, kind of play mistake-free, generally you're going to be in football games. And then, you know, something goes your way, or you overpower somebody in a certain way, or you out-scheme in a good way. Now you can win a few, mm-hmm. and and maybe you're playing with potential for a winning season. Uh, I'm more uh, I'm more bullish on them than three losses, as you set the floor for their wins. But uh, you know I wouldn't expect nine either, as you set for a ceiling. But nobody in that locker room is listening to anybody out here, or should be <laughs> listening to anybody out here about what they expect or not expect for wins and losses. You just go play the games, and I think this is a team capable of keeping you in games and making it close and something you want to be watching through the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Got to gotta have the complimentary football. It, it, yeah. All three phases, it, it seems like there's always one of those missing and, and huge question marks as far as the special teams goes with two new guys in there. Although you would like to think that you, you can count on them the, the same way that you did Blake Hayes and uh, James McCourt, but they just haven't been out there, so, so you don't really know. Yeah, I would like to... Th- uh, you know, to your point about did did anything uh, go down? Maybe special teams. That's the one position group where you go. I think maybe they took a step down. We'll Just because they were, they've been so good. There they for they the were last so good. Years. Yep. And 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 these are untested. The other question marks that were question marks last year, I think, are still question marks. Did it get better? We have that same question at wide receiver. It's somewhat of a question at quarterback. Did it get better? We won't mm-hmm. know until Tommy DeVito. And by the way, uh, it was interesting that Bielma mentioned that Tommy DeVito was pulled early in the scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is doing everything but naming him the starter right now. And he is doing everything but naming the rest of his starters <laughs> as starters. You know, when he's saying who's pulling, who he's being pulling out, how he's... Uh, they read the line. It looks like Isaiah Adams does have the second uh, the left guard spot. And it sounds like... I might be wrong. Zy Chrysler is maybe slightly ahead for the right guard spot, but Jordan Slaughter is right there. And maybe Josh Krutz is your backup center, but they may slide somebody else over and uh, mix and match how they need if you lose Alex Pilstrom. Uh, we'll play a little bit of audio there from uh, Alex Palcheski before this hour is out. He's excited about what that offensive line brings. So that's some of the thoughts of Brett Bielma here on scrimmage day number two. Tomorrow they'll practice late. They're going to get off day this week. They'll go into full game prep mode starting next week, mm-hmm. and then the opener on the 27th. All right, so got some more baseball thoughts to kick around and some more football audio. You can weigh in on the text line, 217-356-9397 is the phone line, and the aforementioned text line is 351-5357. 
courtesy of Castle Heating and Cooling. Back after this. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk. So glad you're with us. A nice weekend, Cardinals, and in particular, Albert Pujols. And let me tell you, I don't know how you feel about this, Evan, as as a card-carrying Cubs fan, um, but I, I feel like Albert is a guy I, I have no problem rooting for. Mm-hmm. I, I just I feel good for him. I love this finish line. He was asked... Because he's kind of having a, a moment here, would he consider coming back for 2023? And he said, I'll be right back here next year in the stands watching with my friends. <laughs> oh, did he really? Yeah. <laughs> was that? I was going to say, is that the first time that he's officially said that? Because it, it just seemed like all these teams were trying to shoo him off when he came to town this year, and he never officially said, yeah, this is my, my last season. I know it was kind of inferred when he said whatever he said, you know, the one more round or the, the rumors that his wife was saying that he was retiring. I can't remember it all exactly. But, yeah, I, it, I guess it makes sense. He puts it all together for one last run. He's 42, and who knows if Yachty or, or Wainwright will be back as well. So, you know, have your have yourself a day. Get your get a, a series win over the Brewers. Get the the crowning moment there in front of the St. Louis faithful, and see what what happens in October. Where I'll be in 2023 is here, watching some of these guys play from the stands. I don't really. I don't think about coming back. This is it for me. I'm going to take a little break. Okay. Well, and you see the way he moves, and he's been doing this. Like we were talking during the break, he's been playing 162-game grind for the last 22 seasons at a certain point. It's like, what more You know, can I do here? I've got the rings. I've got the MVPs. I've got more money than Heisenberg. I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he's done it all. Here's my take. Don't come back. Yeah. I, I I, think it would be a mistake to come back because unless there's something that's telling you I can have a consistent, successful season, don't. This is. I feel like this is a guy that's playing well in part because it is his last season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Don't come back and, and, and just be a why is this guy still here? kind of thing from a baseball standpoint okay mm-hmm. maybe he sells you some tickets because you're going to want to go watch albert Pujols, but you're not compl- you're already not playing every day so he, he's but he's proven himself to be more than a token here at the end of his career he's valuable in a certain way not in the way he used to be but um it was pointed out it's been pointed out other legends that maybe held on too long i.e michael jordan i mean Oh yeah, I guess he technically played for the Washington Wizards, but who wants to think about that? You know, <laughs> I mean, it was even point. I like Willie Mays in his later years; just wasn't the same, and maybe played too long in terms of in terms of all that. I mean, who might have questioned Willie Mays? I'm just saying, Albert, you're going out on a high note. Leave him wanting more. So, I think he should go. Make it twenty three. Twenty three be done. Looks like the Cardinals have a chance to do something special. So why don't you just and maybe maybe Yachty and Wayne. I don't know if Wainwright's allowed to ever leave baseball, but <laughs> maybe the you know maybe you go out together and just have a thing, have a party, have a parade, whatever it is. 
It, it sounds like from those comments that, that this will be it, and all of that makes sense. Uh, Matt or Ryan Spader on, on Twitter says that Pujols has a a 7.30 slugging percentage over his last 23 games, so he, he's really putting it together. I, I think, you know, there were three th- reasons. I had no reasons to begin with, and then I, I came up with three reasons why he <laughs> could he could come back. What if they fall short? You know, what if, what if Yachty and, and Wainwright and him decide, okay, let's give it one more run. Gorman and Donovan and, and Edmund and, and all of these guys will be a year older, and maybe we, we can slide right in there and we get to the, the championship uh, the other reason is 700. I think he's sitting at 688 right now. You get to that. 89 because s- he had two. He got two. So I, I don't think he's going to hit 11 home runs over the last six weeks. Maybe he does. But if he comes back, he's got a, a shot at, at getting that. And I guess those are those are just two Wouldn't reasons. Wouldn't it be great if he could get it there? What, this season? Yeah. <laughs> that would be. He'd be taking the Fernando Tatis nutrients <laughs> if that were to happen. Okay. But do you? Where do you put Pujols in your mind as a home run hitter amongst the top? Because I feel like Bonds and A Rod are a little tainted, or a lot tainted. Very, yeah. So, do you consider? Do you do you kind of set them aside in your mind? Do you have it really as okay? It actually goes. Hank, Ruth, and Pujols. Mm. And for the life of me, I cannot think of Albert Pujols as a home run hitter. Well, even though he's fifth in the world of all time. Right, and that's, you know, same same thing as, as Aaron. You look at his numbers, and I don't have them in front of me, but I don't think he was leading the league in home runs a lot of the seasons. He was just playing 160 games. He was hitting 25 or 30 for 25 years, and, you know, it just kind of adds up to the 700 or so. Same thing. Actually, that's a lie. I mean, Pujols has the black ink all over there. If it wasn't for Barry Bonds doing what he did, it would be Albert with the seven MVPs and not Barry Bonds. So, yeah, I, I, it automatically goes to Ruth, right? I mean, everybody just thinks Babe Ruth when it comes to home runs. So it's like he's number one and, you know, Aaron and Pujols. And, you know, it's just it's it's so tough with how the 90s and the 2000s played out. It's like imagine if MLB had just put in a testing policy that's in place today so that we didn't have to, you know, go about these kinds of debates and the what ifs and who really did and who really didn't. Uh, I I don't know. Albert, hands down, one of the greatest to ever play the game from any era. We'll just put it at that. Yep. Certain Hall of Famer. Um, Fernando Tatis, since you brought him up, what are you doing? Uh, I, what are you doing? I haven't seen it specifically said, and and I doubt he would ever say it, but it, it makes sense because I was thinking it too when he went out for his rehab assignment, whatever that was, a, a week or two ago. I was just like, what kind of a broken wrist for a 21-year-old takes nine months to heal, right? It doesn't usually happen. And if it does, and you're a 21-year-old or, or you're a young guy and you just want to get back, what's the easiest shortcut to getting healthy? Use steroids. And I think that's what he did. And he thought he was 
going to get it through somehow, some way, and it didn't pay off, and now he doesn't get to come back at all this season and, and help his team get to the playoffs, and he's going to have to miss the beginning of, of next season as well, too, all just to, to get back maybe a, a week or two early. I, I, I don't have any facts or anything to, to say that is the case. I didn't even really look into the drug that, that he used. It wasn't one that, that really jumped off the, the screen, so... <laughs> Wasn't on your list. <laughs> well, there's, you know, sometimes a lot of, like, the minor leaguer guys who are trying to hold on, You there, there's a couple names that get floated, some old-school steroids that, that they get used. And it used to be the HGH. That's what Ryan Braun got, got popped for, even though he tried to lie his way out of that one. But, um, no, he, he's... This guy. He, he used the ringworm, you know, oh, I used something that they said was okay and it didn't, and that's, you know, the stock answer that you get. But I'm guessing he just tried to, to cheat the system to get back a, a little sooner, and now he doesn't get to come back at all. I want to ask about uh, expectations for the Cardinals at this point as they do own first place. And a little more football audio as well. So we'll do that when we come back. I also want to let you know that we've been enjoying some new looks in the upstairs of our home in the Beatty House. Thank you, CU Under Construction. Nice new flooring in our laundry room and upstairs bathroom. Nice white cabinets hanging up over the laundry room appliances. We didn't have any of those before. And a new vanity installed in a mirror as as uh, it's all been tied together. Okay. My wife bought the new shower curtain. But everything else, thank you, CU Under Construction, for making things look good. Start to finish, it was a nice process. Uh, had to wait a little bit because of materials. That's affecting everybody these days. But other than that, hey, I got no complaints. Landon led the way for us, and we always got good communication. Knew when they were showing up. They showed up when they said they were showing up, and they did good workmanship. We appreciate CU Under Construction. I recommend them to you. CU Under Construction. CBS Sports Brief. Perfection almost in Tampa Bay. Rays pitcher Drew Rasmussen. Sports Talk continues. Postseason schedule announced today for Major League Baseball. Mark your calendars. It starts on Friday, October 7th. As it stands, the Cardinals would be the three seed by virtue of a division winner and thus would host the number six seed in a best-of-three format. That's a game, a series that would be at the high seeds venue. Neither of us can remember if that means they're also the home team that is last at bats of all three games. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the case. I would think so. Um. What is, I mean, if you're if you're Cardinal front office, what's expectations? What's gravy at this point? If you're Cardinal fan, what's expectations and what's gravy? I mean, you, you I think the expect the bar has to be making the postseason right now. That'd be disappointing if they fizzled. Mm-hmm. But what do you expect out of this team, knowing especially you play in a league with the Dodgers, who by the way are out. With uh, out of Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. done for the year. That was just announced. 
I think they have enough depth there in their pitching rotation. I probably get get by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been out for a few months. But for as for the Cardinals, yeah, you've got to make the the playoffs. And as it, it shakes out right now, you've got to win the division in in order to to make the playoffs. Taking care of the Brewers at home over the weekend was a, a good start to that. You distance yourself a, a little bit from them, and and it, it, it's cliche, but really you just kind of got to get in and see what happens, especially with the new format. This is going to be the first time with it, although there was a similar format back in the pandemic season in 2020. Um, we, we really don't know, especially with the way that things lay out because of the lockout and getting pushed back. You're not going to crown a World Series champion until November 1st at the earliest. Um, and if I read it right, there's no zero baked in travel days until you get to the World Series. So you're you're playing game three, you're getting on a flight and you're headed to the other team's home to, to play the, the next two. Uh, um, no, it's oh, you mean in the division series? Division series, yeah. yes. In the championship series, I, I think the American League gets one game of leeway, or or maybe it's something else. But it's a lot of baseball in a very limited time. So that goes back to the Dodgers and to to every team. You know, how much starting pitching do you have, and do you have the relievers that can go? four out of five days or five days in a row if you're really called upon to to make it to to that next series but the Cardinals yeah everybody else is hot that's in the playoffs and those teams that are on the outside are looking in have really kind of fizzled outside of the bottom of the NL so keep beating up on the bad teams and win the division and give yourself as good of a shot as you can whenever October rolls around yeah I I, I would think a Getting into the division series would be uh, would be about what you could hope for, mm-hmm. and then after that, cool. Just because expectations coming into this year for the Cardinals were to be competitive, but um, everyone thought the Brewers probably win this division. Maybe the Cardinals do, and everyone thought, as it's kind of played out, the Central is not a very good division. The power of the NFL is sits on the coast, so. Mm-hmm. Winning the division right now is all you can hope for because a wild card at this moment doesn't get you. I mean, second place will not qualify you for a wild card Mm-mm. in the division. So win the division, get into that, win that first series and see what happens from there. That's probably the bar this year. And it kind of goes back to our conversation last week about who would you rather be because the Cardinals have been somewhat of a model of consistency about kind of always being pretty good but not necessarily always great well and and, and that's how world w- series good dominant you and, know. and how they look back on this season may change three or four years down the road because what if you lose out on taking advantage of paul goldschmidt and nolan arenado's best years of their career by not going and getting a frontline starting pitcher or solidifying your line up by getting a a Juan Soto or something like that what if you just end up staying here and then those guys keep getting older and you didn't want to get rid of these prospects who never became a Juan Soto because they never were going to become a Juan Soto and then you know you're 20 years since your last World Series and it's kind of like well what are we doing here so uh, there 
yeah, they they could they could feel fine with the division championship and oh we lost to the Dodgers and the Mets and, and that's okay. But then you you just kind of become you know the Twins or you know just a, a team that makes it into the playoffs and doesn't do anything with it. But if that's what happens, if they lose in the DS or even this NLCS to the Mets or the Dodgers, then you point to the front office because objectively those teams have better rosters. The Cardinals have a really good roster. The Mets and the Dodgers have better rosters. So then you have to point to the front office. If if they get there and somehow, you know, Ali Marmol just bum stumbles his way managing wise through it and they choke or they choke certain things, then you could maybe go, well, they were poised to, but they made questionable moves in the game or, you know, key errors were made, whatever. But if it plays out that way, then you have to say, yeah. The reason the Cardinals didn't do better is because they didn't have a better roster. Yeah, we we just fell eighty million dollars shy of <laughs> of those two teams, which I I'm all for. I mean, the NFL every team pays right up to the cap in the NBA. Every team plays right up to the cap in the NHL. They do the exact same thing in baseball. It's like how little can we play our pay our players? Mm-hmm. All right, a little bit from Alex Palcheski. We'll bring you that as we turn back to football right after this. <laughs> Sports Talk here. Alex Palcheski, Illini offensive lineman, checking in after scrimmage number two. He's pretty pretty optimistic. You're just under two weeks to game day. What's your confidence and comfort level as you get ready for that? Obviously very confident, but, you know, there's still so much stuff we can work on. You know, the biggest thing is just getting better every single day. That's one thing I always like to preach is that there's, not like, never have any type of, like, complacency with where you're at right now. Like, you always – like feel faster, feel better, have a more deeper understanding of the offense. And that's the one thing that everyone's been doing a great job of, just not staying complacent, just every single day trying to get better. Having been through a few of these now, you're two weeks out. How do you assess the team as a whole compared to other times when you've been at this point? I mean, I feel like we look really good. Like, I'm really excited. Just The biggest thing is just how much dudes are working. You know, like no, no one's just like... In the, in the same place. You know, like obviously dudes coming and doing extra, guys saying in early, asking questions. Everyone's just kind of... No one's just staying there and just just being there, you know. Everyone's just trying to get better. Everyone's all the young guys always coming up like, hey, like on this play, like I was curious this happened, and they're always asking questions, just always trying to get better. Where does that culture come from in the team? I mean, just throughout all the players, you know, like obviously like the coaches have uh, their their ideas of where they want to go, but all that matters is where the players expect to go, and that's the one thing that we've been trying to still every single day is just everyone has to be ready for them to to play, you know, like. In 2020, Julian, like, he had no idea. And then I went down, and all of a sudden, he's he's in. And now he's looking at what he's blossoming into. But, I mean, everyone's just getting better every single day and just truly making the most out of their time. Alex Palcheski. Looks like he is enjoying what will be his final season, his sixth year as an Illini. Well, that'll do it here for hour number one. The News Gazette sports writers are waiting in the wings here for hour number two. Evan Kahn, and uh, we have plenty more this week. Tomorrow we're going to get a check-in on the Minnesota Golden Gophers, among other things here on uh, Sports Talk. Starts at 4 o'clock every day. Looking forward to it. I'm not going to be the same after tonight as we wrap up the Better Call Saul Breaking Bad universe in one final episode, and they say it changes a man. So <laughs> we'll see what I'm like tomorrow. I'm going to catch up. I'm. I need to get back into it. News is next, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, a Champaign multimedia group station.